Hey, David Nagel here. I'm not sure if you've ever heard the story, but in 1993, it was the year that I attended my very first personal development seminar, and I can't even believe that was over 30 years ago. 3,000 people seeking personal freedom, including me, filled into a convention space, hoping that something would happen to give us a breakthrough that we had been looking for. It was a Tony Robbins seminar, and I can honestly say that attending that seminar was one of the biggest turning points in my life. Something fantastic happened while I was there. I began to see my purpose. Who would have thought that an ex-McDonald's employee, an uneducated forklift driver, would attend a seminar that would change the trajectory of his life forever? Well, it wasn't me. And yet, here I am, a multi-million dollar business owner against all odds. And that's why I want to invite you to join me virtually and live from the comfort of your own home or office to make 2024 your best year ever. I want to help you get the breakthrough that you're looking for. On June 26th through the 28th, I'm going to take you on a three-day journey to uncover the key belief that's keeping you from achieving the success that you desire and what you can do about it right now. The hidden messages in your secret thoughts and what they're trying to tell you. How to take your power back from fear, worry, and doubt so that you can make solid, confident decisions. How to set a goal and then reverse engineer its achievement. Right now, we're offering some really great cash back bonuses on our lowest ticket price, but the price will increase very soon. Go to lifeisnowinc.com forward slash summit for all the details and to secure your spot. I'm offering you a defining moment, just like I had all those years ago. Will you take it? Okay, now on to this episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. for you today, Alex Katoni, the owner and the author of Copy Posse. Uh, you're gonna learn about marketing, you're gonna learn about writing copy, and you're gonna learn the secrets behind AI. Come on in and give it a listen. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey, everybody. David Nagel here. Welcome to another episode of the Successful Mind Podcast. We have a very special guest here today. Alexandra, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Big fan of you and the work that you do. I am Alex Catoni, founder of The Copy Posse, what I call the raddest, baddest crew of copywriters and entrepreneurs on the internet. Essentially, I help copywriters and entrepreneurs level up their messaging with words that work. And I hear that you're, you're well, the, the, the other thing that I got was that you de-douchify the internet. Is that is that correct? Um, I should have said that first. Yes, my mission is to deducify the internet. I think 
anyone listening to this who is an entrepreneur has been online for a while marketing. Uh, I've, I've been in this whole world for about 15 years and, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a divide in the industry, I think, between the copywriters and marketers and, and entrepreneurs who are really out there selling great products and services that genuinely help people. And there's a whole lot of people who like to take advantage of everybody else. And, and so it is my mission to change change modern marketing, redefine what marketing really means, and in the process, deducify the internet. <laughs> now, I, I love that. And and I was thinking about you today. I, I had to go to our office and then I came back and I was thinking about uh, when I was reading your bio and everything. And I wanted to mention, there's something very poignant about what you said, because when I first started in this industry, I was so passionate about what I was teaching and, you know, I had a vision for myself and a vision for the people that I was going to reach, you know. Um, and when I started to get into learning the business of what I do, because I knew nothing, right? I came out of the petroleum industry. I knew nothing about this industry other than I went to seminars for seven years. And that was in the early 90s, right? So it was a very different world back then. To learn, I knew nothing about the other side right about the the other side of the curtain and when i started when i started to go to seminars to learn about the business aspect of it and i was going to like dan kennedy events back in the day and everything um i was i was shocked from a, a kind of an immature perspective about the people that were in that room because it's exactly what you just said you had amazing people in that room, and then you had really slimy people in that room. And I didn't, I don't think I was aware of just how many of the slime were actually out there. People just, you know, <laughs> they don't care what they say or what they do. And it, it was so bad for a few years. I kept thinking to myself, do I really want to head in this industry? Because at that time, there was not as many ethical people and empathy people really doing copy, copywriting, marketing. And I thought, I don't want to be that. I don't, There has to be a way to do this without actually being that kind of a person in marketing and yeah. sales. I've never believed in it. But I think because I came from, I came from a world growing up on the streets of Chicago, um, being in the petroleum industry, selling gas and diesel fuel, working with other truck drivers and union operators and construction equipment. Uh, there was always this kind of vibe that, you know, it was okay to do things a little unethical if it meant for you to get ahead. And that was a big conflict. Like in my heart, that was a conflict. And I wanted to know that you could actually succeed in life without having to do that, you know? Um, yeah. So it's so it was interesting that that you mentioned that because I know that I mean I, now I know much different than I did then. Yeah, I think that there. What I'm one of the things that I think the internet the internet has played a big role in is also bringing out the ethical people, giving them a voice, giving them a place to stand out, and to do something that you do extraordinarily well that I don't do well. Right, I am not a copywriter. Um, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a direct print ad marketer in, in any way. I'm fantastic at sales and, and selling from the stage and, and all of that. And it's also one of the places in the, in the businesses that we help build where we see people have one of their weakest places, right. In being able to write copy, do it effectively, 
understand it, be able to build out those cycles and the strategies that that work. And so you said you've been in this for 15 years now, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned people like Dan Kennedy. I mean, I learned from Dan Kennedy as well. I mean, not not in the 90s, but not that far after that. Yeah. Uh, and now he's you know, a genius. He's he's a genius. And and that was my foray into the world of marketing, you know, learning from people like Dan Kennedy and Gary Halpert and John Carlton and all of these copywriting and marketing legends. And I, and I learned this superpower. And on the flip side of that, you know, 15 years ago, I accepted an internship at Mindvalley, which at the time was a tiny little startup. And now it's, you know, one of the leading personal growth publishers. So I kind of found this sweet spot, you know, that really, I feel has, has paved the way for my business, which was right in between personal development, and online marketing. And, you know, to your point about, about, you know, seeing the the difference in the way people were showing up online, I remember being so jaded at one point, because I had left Mindvalley as the creative director at the time. So started as an intern, left as the creative director, was going out there into the world to start my business and to help people like you, personal development uh, coaches and speakers and authors, change the world with their words. And I ended up in so many different scenarios where I'm thinking, man, there was a lot of BS that I'm seeing everywhere. And and I, I was jaded. I thought maybe I, maybe I meant to go back and be a lawyer, which was my initial plan. Um, and that was part of my mission to, to start, to start the copy posse. And, and you spoke to something that I often talk about. And here's why I think it's such a great opportunity for people right now is, you know, I, Still love direct response marketing. When I talk about direct response marketing, uh, you know, that is the foundation of what I learned. But yeah. what used to work really well, which was all about like buying that lead, getting the eyeballs, getting the conversion, getting the sale. If they didn't buy from you in the first seven days, sayonara, you're dead to me. It doesn't matter. You're not going to buy. That whole that whole model is completely shifted because people are no longer buying in linear fashion. They're going and, you know, maybe seeing an ad, but then they're going and following you on Instagram and then they're going and checking you out on YouTube or your podcast, or or maybe they click a link in your email and then they sign up for something a week later and then they buy from you three months later. And so I think this is the shift that's happening in the marketing world right now. And it's putting the power back into the people who genuinely love what they do because it is... The people who have always just been the, I'm just going to try to make a quick buck. And if they don't convert, oh my God, like doesn't matter. I'm just going to keep right. grinding and grinding and grinding. Their stuff's working less well now. So they're freaking out. Meanwhile, the people who have actually taken the time to create content and are showing up on multiple platforms, uh, they're they're seeing a lot of wins. And it's because people are now savvy to what marketing is. Like they're, yeah. it's no longer you see a squeeze page or a landing page. And you're like, what? They want me to put in my email? Why? Okay. Like everyone knows what marketing is now. And so people are taking longer to buy. And that that's a huge opportunity for, you know, people like you and the people you're talking about, David, who, who are in it for the right reasons. And I'm excited because I think the power is shifting in a really cool way. What was it, and I just want to back up for a second, what was it that caused you from wanting to be an attorney to get into this industry? I don't know that story. Yeah, I mean, the story was like, I'm sure many um, doctors, lawyers, you know, I have a twin brother, he is a doctor. And growing up, we came from a very academic family. The path forward was, if you're really smart, you're a doctor or a lawyer, uh, if that doesn't work out, you can always be an accountant or, you know, like it was like you have these boxes, you know, yeah. of jobs that that make sense. 
uh, I remember in university, I was studying business law. This was in my bachelor of commerce. So it was my, my quote unquote pre pre law, uh, thinking, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning contract law. That was my major business, business contract law. <laughs> and I would go home at night and I would watch DVDs of sex in the city. And I remember <laughs> thinking to myself, what in the world? This is such garbage. Who could just sit on their laptop <laughs> in their little, you know, apartment or in cafes and write for a living? Like that's impossible. But I was obsessed with this idea of like marketing and copy. And honestly, I have to give credit to my stepdad who is an entrepreneur. And when it came to our career choices, you know, he always kind of like just watched and nurtured and, and, you know, my mom is very academic and, uh, and so I kind of thought, well, I, I guess I'm going to be a lawyer and that makes sense. You know, my brother was in med school. It just made sense, you know? <laughs> and then my, my stepdad, I don't even know if he really knows this, but one morning, so I had finished my, my undergrad degree and I had moved back home with my parents to serve at a steak restaurant and study for the LSAT thinking, you know, I'm going to take a sure. gap year, make some money, move in with mom and dad again. Like, oh my gosh. So I was, I would go to my shift and I'd come home and I would start studying for the LSAT and I had these, these textbooks. And I just remember thinking to myself, God, I hate this so much. Like, what am I getting myself into? And my stepdad one morning, he's like, I'm out of few words, but he, he slipped a, a, a newspaper article. I think it was like an actual newspaper under my bedroom door. Um, and it was just a headline that read attorneys have the highest depression rate amongst all professions. <laughs> it was like his way of, of saying to me, are you sure you want to do this? And if you don't, like you have permission not to. Wow. And that's what sent me on this path of going, well, I don't know what I want to do, but I knew I wanted to travel. So I had spent the last year of my undergrad living in Vienna and, and studying and, and living abroad. And somehow through the magic of the internet, I discovered Valley and applied for an internship. And that was in Malaysia. So that it was like, yeah. next thing you knew, selling my car, selling you know, getting rid of all my stuff and moving to Malaysia. <laughs> Man, that's a big change, huh? It's all culture yeah. shock there for sure. Especially for a 23-year-old who like grew up in the Rocky Mountains, you know, <laughs> it's like, it was everything. Culture shock, climate shock, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you, so tell me again, how long were you at Mind Valley? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. So it sounds like there was a transformation that took place in, in you there. What was that? You know, I think it was one, the environment. I mean, coming from a pretty small town city in, in Alberta, Canada, where, you know, everyone was kind of going through the motions and doing what, what was expected of them in terms of going to school, getting, you know, regular jobs and all that, all of a sudden being transported into this entrepreneurial community, like-minded people, all kind of within my age, like a little bit older. Uh, it, I think that was the biggest thing. I think it was like, wow, you know, eye-opening to what is possible and putting me so far outside my comfort zone. I mean, I thought about giving up and moving home so many times, but uh, that yeah. was the first thing. And then I think, I think I was hungry and I, I had this mindset of, I'm only an intern. I'm only here for six months because my whole plan was just to go there for six months and go back to being a lawyer. Like I would, you know, get it out of my system and, and then I would yeah. move back and get a real job. Um, and so I think I just had this, this kind of, I'm just going to go for it. And I 
learned as much as I could. I was doing pay-per-click ad writing and customer service. And I was just like, anything they wanted me to do, I was doing. So just this the, the learner mentality of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just the intern. I can't really mess it up that bad. You know, I think it was almost right. they worked in my favor. Like, what does the intern know? You know, and I, and I just, I really just do- dove in and learned. And then I think I, I kind of got it and it, something clicked for me. And I just kept raising my hand when new opportunities would arise. It's like, who wants to take on this? I'll do it. Like, no idea what I was doing, but say yes and figure it out as they say. So that was a big part of it. And you were, I guess you were enjoying what you were doing. Yeah. It spoke to you different than being an attorney. Yeah. Again, it was like, oh, people can, like, first of all, making money online. Like what? That was like, you know, that was, that was mind blowing. But then I was also attending seminars. Like I remember one of my first Unleash the Power Within conference in Singapore. And, and so I was just curious as could be, and just was introduced to all of these new concepts that I knew nothing about and just kind of embodied it. And, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. I mean, marketing, copywriting came kind of actually later, to be honest, I, I first really dove into marketing. And then when I left Mind Valley, that's where I focused. But then it, I saw such a need for copywriters that I just started sort of doing it, not really ever owning the fact that I was one, but would do it for my clients until yeah. I finally accepted the fact that actually maybe I can do this. Um, but marketing specifically, I just saw is like, oh my gosh, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. Cool. And then so when you left Mind Valley, did you start off on your own or did you did you work for somebody else then or what did you do? No, I quit cold turkey, had uh, some savings, moved to Vancouver, the most expensive city in North America. Really smart idea. <laughs> uh, and it was like, it was go time. I, I thought I'm going to give myself a few months until I'm out of money and I thought worst case scenario, I could go get a job at the Starbucks across the street. And, you know, at least that way I'd make it some money. Uh, but I was really dedicated and committed to making it work. And so I, I fully started my freelance business at that point. And, and the biggest, I would say the biggest game changer for me was, you know, I was in Malaysia for so long, but I, I did make some contacts and kind of learned about the industry. And so I started going to events. You know, I remember going to Joe Polish's uh, I Love Marketing event. I was at Brendan Burchard's event in Palo Alto that year. I mean, I was just like, get me in rooms with the people that I want to that I want to meet, and that was really how I started my my freelance business. That's amazing. Yeah, those. I mean, you're learning from the best there, right? Yeah. So then, so okay, so that, so then you're there. What's the next stage for you? What happens? Um, so what happened next was, yeah, I started working with clients and I think like many people very like, you know, undercharging, <laughs> questioning my work, doing piecemeal projects, 500 bucks there, $700 there. Uh, but then I, I met, uh, some incredible business owners who would later become, I mean, I had one client for over 10 years, um, who would later become great friends, great clients and, uh, started started working with those clients and realizing, oh my gosh, they really, they really do need more marketing support. And then all of them would always ask me, okay, marketing plan is great. Strategy is excellent. Love this funnel. Love the offer. Now who can write it? Like, do you know a copywriter? And I was always like, no, I'm not, I don't know a copywriter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know of like, you know, Gary Helper, but I'm pretty sure he passed away. And uh, like, I didn't know anybody who was writing copy. And so I kind of would say to my clients, like, I can try, I can try to do this for you. Of course, at the time, I I probably knew just as much 
copywriting as, as any of them. So I'd spent years studying it and, and, you know, getting my feet wet at Mind Valley, but more as like a fun, like I can support here, not really being a copywriter. So I just kind of reclaimed, I reclaimed the, the title of it and started writing copy for my clients. And that, that was, um, that was how I really kind of shifted into copywriting. And, and then I did that for eight years, fully behind the scenes. You know, I think there's a lot of stuff there around um, why I waited so long. I actually remember a conversation I had with Brendan Burchard, um, you know, because we we were friends and I'd met him. I remember at a Evan Pagan event back in 2010. And and he, he remember him saying to me, I see you like on stages and, you know, the woman the or the marketing world needs more women on stages like you can do this. And I was just like, yeah, maybe. And I felt like I just really was was afraid like so many people I was afraid of putting myself out there I was afraid of calling myself a copywriter and then having real copywriters see me do it you know it's this fear of like imposter syndrome and I can't do this and all of that so for eight years I mean and I, and I would have told you at the time that like no I left my business and I did it, it allowed me the freedom to travel the world to have my laptop making multiple six figures I mean life was good but uh I really knew like I I had a, like a deep desire to do more and would see myself as Brendan would say on stages and doing all of that. And I just, I didn't really know what that looked like. Uh, but in 2019, after thinking about it for a year, I finally decided to start my YouTube channel talking about all the things we've been talking about, right? Like yeah. how I, how I want to change the face of marketing, what, how I think you can actually be successful and be a decent human being at the same time, <laughs> like fancy that. Uh, and then sharing my marketing strategies and copywriting and things like that. And and it was a slow build in the beginning. You know, it took me six months to reach a thousand subscribers. A lot of people, a lot of people look at me and they're like, your business came out of nowhere. And I'm like, did it though? Because like, it always seems <laughs> that way, you know, it always, it always seems, seems that way from the outside. But I, you know, I was cranking out video content for a long time with hardly anybody watching it. And then, um, and then, you know, the YouTube gods, <laughs> I guess, decided I was worthy and started sending me more eyeballs. But that was really the birth of the copy posse, which uh, officially started uh, like my first copy posse product and program in uh, January of 2020, which was wow. couldn't have timed that better myself before the whole world went into lockdown and was looking for ways to make money online. So yeah. timing was a big one there too. Timing is a big one. And what what would you say in that in that process when you were when you were feeling inside that you really wanted to be bigger and you could see yourself on stages? What do you think the change was that occurred that allowed you to just say, yes, this is what I'm gonna do? Do you know what can you identify that? Mm. I think a big part of it was of just sort of asking why, why not me, ah. you know, cause I would, I would see people who I knew had less experience than me starting successful brands and businesses and creating content and, and gaining authority and, and followers and all the stuff that, you know, matters, quote unquote, air quotes. Um, but I, I just remember thinking like, this whole time I've been telling myself, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not qualified. Cause you know, whatever the, the story we tell ourselves is right. I need more information. Like eight years of experience is not enough. I need at least 10 before I can start that. Yeah. Then people will take me seriously. So I think it was just kind of this, like I had been thinking about it for so long. And, and the other thing is funny when you see yourself through the eyes of others, 
like people would always say to me, like, I love how courageous you are. And I love that you take no shit. And I love, and, and, and people would say that to me, and I'd be like, that's not me. What? Like, I felt like I was not in alignment. Like I had two sides of me. I had like the, the person that other people saw. And then I had the person inside that didn't feel like she was those things. When the right. reality was I, I am those things, but I just had so much self-doubt holding me back. So I, I think I just finally decided to like, say, you know, F it. Why not me? I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Like you had to give yourself permission to take that jump, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And then also like everyone does, what's the worst case scenario? Okay. Worst case scenario is like, I do a bunch of videos, nobody watches them. And then I'm like right back to just, my freelancing business, like, okay, that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't be that bad. You know, it's like, I have to, I have to like rationalize it in my head. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? So I'm going to jump ahead for a second. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting this question everywhere I go talking to entrepreneurs, people that work for entrepreneurs, they're terrified of AI. AI. I knew you were going to say it. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, they're there. Well, I know people that literally got rid of their copywriters and are, and are just using AI. What is your thought on that? Yeah. So I think no matter what, like it's AI is coming, AI is here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think taking sides isn't an empowering conversation um, because everyone wants to hear are you pro AI or are you anti AI? at the end of the day, like you, there's a few ways that you can approach it. You can be scared of it and put your head in the sand and say, this is taking over. Oh my God, we're all doomed. Uh, which let's be honest, that's kind of depressing. Uh, or we can say, Hey, okay, this is shifting. This is shifting the landscape. What does that mean for me? And, you know, to people who have replaced their copywriters with AI, like my, what I would say to them is, yeah, your copy probably wasn't very good before. (laughs) And it's, it's, probably not much better now. Um, You know, everyone in the world can call themselves a copywriter. That's the beautiful thing about copywriting. It's like a low barrier to entry. I mean, you can watch a YouTube video and go, you know what? (laughs) Which is ironic because it took me years to finally own that term because of how many, you know, incredible copywriting legends I learned from, but it's unregulated. So it's not like I have, I have a copywriting degree. I don't even know if that exists. Maybe it does now. It didn't when I was going to school. Um, So anybody can call themselves a copywriter. Um, But when I think of copywriting, you know, as I mentioned, it starts with marketing. It starts with the foundational concepts like positioning and strategy and customer awareness and understanding your audience and empathy. And then the copywriting bit is putting words on a page, but words on a page don't mean anything unless you know what the end goal is. And so, exactly. yeah. So I always say AI is an incredible shortcut, but yeah. a shortcut is only a shortcut if you know where in the hell you're going. Exactly. And yeah. so I think it's a, I think it's a big distraction right now. I think a lot of people are acting really rash and they think this is the magic button. I'm going to hire or fire all my copywriters. I think there's going to be a leveling out that happens where people are like, wait a second, this isn't the, uh, the you know the magic silver bullet that we thought it it was for everything that we need yes um, I'm, they, I'm so happy to hear you say that yeah. because in my mind there you know ai is learning from the internet itself but it doesn't know why it's learning what it's learning and in, in order to be a good marketer like it's like you said you have to know what you're doing behind it what's the goal who are the people who's the who are the clients how do they buy? What is? How do they think? It's just taking it's just taking information and putting it into some kind of a sequence, 
And it doesn't even understand the rhythm of marketing. I don't know how it could understand the rhythm of marketing because there's so much to pull from. How would it determine what's good and not good and not good? Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, I read this article the other day. It was in Fortune magazine and there was a study done by Stanford scientists and the headline, I mean, it caught my attention. It was, is AI getting dumber? <laughs> and it talked about how, you know, the new version of chat GPT, some people are complaining like, wait, it's, it's less effective. And, and they, they're actually able to prove it from a math perspective because before it was able to answer correctly, accurately math problems. I mean, math, it's right or wrong, right? Right. Now it's, it's, it's giving inaccurate answers. And the, the swing in the data was crazy. It went from like being 90% accurate to like, I can't quote the article, but you can Google it and look it up. I don't know exactly what it is, but drastically lower results. And this article in this study said, and, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like, yeah, the great thing about AI is that it uses human behavior and human input to predict uh, output. And it's a predictive model. The problem is <laughs> now that millions of people are using it with much lower IQs, mind you, than Stanford scientists, yeah. it's like, wait a second, it's being trained on the the mass amounts of information. And like, I don't want to use like, you know, like, I don't want to make it sound, you know, that people are dumb, but it's like the amount, the, the mass amount of people who, who aren't using it, like brilliant marketers and, and copywriters would. And so with everything, it's like, whoa, let's like grain of salt. Is it changing the way we work? Yes. Is it going to become more and more commonplace in our, in our, in our workflows? Yes. Is it going to replace the need for lower, uh, mundane, repetitive tasks? Yes. Um, with that being said, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's a great opportunity for people who have important messages to rise to the top because it's just this like snake eating its own tail right now of crappy content being published online. And yep. just like you can kind of see a photo and know right away that it's AI, people are starting to see that with copy too. It's like you read it and you're like, there's nothing about that that's special, unique, makes me feel any sort of way. Right. So for now, I mean, anything could change in the future, but learning what is persuasive, learning what is persuasive and learning marketing and learning copywriting will just make you master the machine even better. It's not taking yeah. away from, from the skills or making you, or making you replaceable. Well, you know, I know that you said, you, you know, like the idea about people are dumb, but the internet's done something that in all of human history, we've never seen. And it's given the stupid a voice. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you said it better than I could. Yeah, <laughs> well, but it's true. I mean, the thing, here's the thing in the world that we lived in, you had to fight to have a voice that was heard by the masses, not just anybody got to stand up with a bullhorn and actually affect large groups of individuals. Right. So yeah. if there's no there, when you look at how crazy the world actually is right now, a lot of it is because there's really stupid ideas that have gotten into the mainstream. What's done that the Internet? has mm -hmm. done that, right? So what you're saying about AI, it cannot tell what's a stupid idea from what's a rational, intelligent idea. I mean, what you're saying, I, I agree with what you're saying 100%. And the people that want to use AI to substitute from an amazing copywriter, they're doing it for the wrong reasons, right? They don't want to pay. What you know? I mean, that's what I see in business. People always want to take a shortcut when it's going to cost them money, but they don't realize that when you're spending great money for real talent, it makes all the difference in the world. But then you flood 
the space with stupid shit, right? Stupid and then, shit. And, <laughs> and, and then AI is learning from dumb people. So yeah, I don't it's just more stupid shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think um, the one question I would ask too is like, what do you think the smartest business owners are doing right now? They're going, oh shit, there's an opportunity now to double down on being human. You know, I love this quote by um, Carl uh, Krumenacher. I hope that's how I say his last name. Uh, he, he said, AI plus HI equals ROI. So, you know, artificial intelligence plus human intelligence equals uh, return on investment. And right now what I'm seeing, and I have so many friends who run massive agencies and who are doing tens of millions of dollars a year in sales and up, and they're doubling down right now on their messaging. And yeah. they're doubling down on hiring copywriters, good copywriters who've been trained and understand marketing, not just someone who bought a template online or an AI prompt package and now thinks they're going to you know, make six yeah. figures. Like those people were doomed before too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it cream rises to the top every time. That's what's going to happen. This real successful never follow the crowd. They always blaze their own trail. And they know by experience where other people are going to make really difficult. And part of the problem is that by following AI, if they're heavily relying on the idea of copy, they're not learning the difference between good copy and bad copy. They're taking AI as an authority and it's not an authority. Yeah, that's right? scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And people can smell it from a mile away. Like I said, the market's getting savvier. Like, like we all we all need to remember that, yes, while there are stupid people and stupid shit on the internet, uh, your customers are, are smart. Treat them like they are, please. That's right. That's right. They are. And, and the other thing that you said about they they understand marketing now when they didn't before, that's all they're hit with 24 hours a day is marketing, 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 marketing. So anybody that is really thinking is picking up on exactly what it is that's being done to them. And they know how to people are learning how to think through all of the different marketing schemes that are out there and make more intelligent choices. So it's just not robotic purchasing for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me, what's your vision? Where are you headed from here? Oh, well, you know, on top of building an empathy empire and deducifying the entire internet, which might take yeah. me a while. <laughs> you have a on your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's really what, what fires me up. I, I'm starting to serve more business owners now. So not just copywriters or people who want to become copywriters, but really uh, really business owners and coaches and, and people who, who look, who are looking to level up in a big way uh, with what I believe is the future of marketing, you know, really changing the way that we have conversations online. Because I always joke now when people say digital marketing, because I'm like, digital marketing is marketing. You know, it's not, there's no difference between marketing online or offline these days. And there's a, a right way to do it. And I think as, as marketers, we we have a superpower that a lot of people don't, and we have the ability to start movements and, and create change and make an impact in people's lives. And I really want to rally, rally those rad humans together so that we can at least make the internet a slightly better place. <laughs> and so that's, that's, that's you'll great. find me over here just doing that. You know, I'm, uh, I'm always working on new projects planning, uh, planning, you know, to possibly do some live events in the future, which is really exciting, uh, bringing the posse together in real life. And so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big goals and, and excited, excited for everything. That's awesome. Great for you. Where can, uh, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? 
So best place is uh, coffeeposse.com. I love Instagram, coffeeposse. So if you want to DM me, if you listen to this and, and you want to DM me a message, I, I always hang out in my DMs. Uh, and I'm on YouTube as well. I know we mentioned that, but lots of videos on marketing on, on my YouTube channel. That's great. That's fantastic. I'm really happy for you. I think you're doing the world a fantastic service. Business owners Thank everywhere you. need it. And I wish you all the best success in life. Thank you so much, David. It was a pleasure to be on the podcast. Happy to have you. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you for listening. This was an, uh, a real fun podcast, an interview for me to do because um, people are really concerned about AI right now. And I think that it gets a little bit overhyped, even though there's some truth to understand um, how it actually works in the creative of your business and what you can use it for and what you can't use it for is a really big deal. So I hope you find this educational. Uh, share it with a friend, share it with a business owner, and we'll see you on the next Successful Mind podcast. Bye for now.